Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we interrupt our program through the book of Mark because this week we celebrate Christmas. It seems like we just did this a few weeks ago, but no, it's been a year and I'm just getting older and time is going faster. This special Christmas message was preached last year by Pastor Jim Harris on December 22nd. And true to his form of late, he's basing this Christmas message on a passage that you would not normally think of when you think about Bible passages that tell us about the birth of Christ. So this year, if you're not driving your car, open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Why there? Well, because this is one of those places where the Apostle Paul teaches us what Christ's birth should mean to us. I love these sermons because they help me look at the celebration of Christmas through a new lens that I may not have considered before. And they always force me to look again through all the cultural accoutrements that now come along with the celebration of Christmas to see again the real meaning not just of the celebration, but what this means for my life every day of the year. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, God Sent Forth His Son. If you are a guest with us, welcome. We're glad that you came to worship with us this Sunday before Christmas. If you give us a normal year around here, most Sundays, the vast majority of Sundays, we're going to be working through a book of the Bible passage by passage, verse by verse. We'll take a break from that at least three times a year. We do it the Sunday before Christmas, then I do it the Sunday before New Year because there's nobody here, and well, no, not really, but it's a hard time to keep continuity. We will do it on Easter Sunday, and there's the occasional special event, and during the month of August, I often answer questions. But these Christmases keep coming around. When I first uh, was in the ministry and I got a chance to preach on Christmas, this is great, I can preach what Matthew says in the second Christmas. This is great, I can preach what Luke says in the third Christmas. You say, there's only Matthew and Luke. What am I supposed to do now? And I've preached those every which way from Thursday to uh, uh, take different approaches to them. And and lately, I have been, uh, lately in the last number of years, I've been enjoying looking at other viewpoints of Christmas from within the Scriptures, and we want to do that this morning. But I want to do, I want to do two things. Um, first of all, I, I want to talk about what happened on earth in Bethlehem. I know we sang a song how Jesus was born on that first Christmas morning. No, He wasn't. Christmas wasn't invented until later. It's nowhere anywhere in the Bible, but we know what that means. We know what we meant to say by that. What did happen on earth that day in Bethlehem? It was spectacular. But then I want to also look at what it means to you and me in the eternal plan of God. Let's start with what happened. So follow along if you'd like while I read from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. 
I'm pretty sure there are some people in the room that can recite this passage from memory. Very special and very familiar words. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region there, uh, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, They made known the statement which had been told them about this child. All who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, (coughs) glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. That's what happened. A baby was born. A very special baby, but a baby was born, and there was a special angelic announcement. If you've ever sang Gloria in excelsis Deo, that's just Latin for glory to God in the highest. That was just a quote from what that passage is. It was a, it was a very special time. Now, today I want to take you to a different passage where the Apostle Paul tells you what that thing that happened means for you. You probably never thought about Galatians as a book containing the story of the birth of Christ, but it does. And I want to invite you to come with me to Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. We can break the passage down very simply, easy outline, verses 1 through 3. We were children, 4 and 5, but God sent His Son and six and seven, so now you are his heir. Take a look at this, and I think you're going to be especially um, thrilled to hear what this is all about as it applies specifically to you. He starts out by saying, 
we were children. All right, you got to think about that. This book is written to the Galatians. Galatia is not a city. Galatia is a, a, a region. The, it was the first region that the Apostle Paul, along with his companion Barnabas, went to on his first missionary journey. And they went to all the cities there. They did what they usually did. They would always go to the synagogue first. Paul would cash in on his credentials as a rabbi among the Pharisees. He would speak and reason in the synagogue until a few people usually would believe, and then they'd get thrown out, and they would go and take the gospel to the Gentiles and end up planting a church, and they would move on to the next city. So Paul and Barnabas had gone to Galatia, introducing the gospel to many Gentiles during that, that journey. So the background of most of the people to which this book is written is not Judaism. This is one of the earliest books written to a group that we know was predominantly Gentiles. They did not have the same understanding of the Old Testament as did the Jewish Christians. So after Paul and Barnabas left, uh, some guys came through following them. We, we typically call them Judaizers. You can go back and listen to our sermons on Galatians if you want to find out more about them. The Judaizers came to town, and they spread the word that, well, what Paul told you, that was good, but it really wasn't the whole truth. It, it, it wasn't enough. And they came along and wowed the Galatians with arguments that sounded plausible. They used a technique that has been used by cults for centuries. If you can make people think that you're letting them in on secrets of wisdom and knowledge that nobody has seen before, make them think they were pretty juvenile to have trusted anything less, they're going to follow you. They were the clickbait of first century theology. You know, you know how you read the article, you want, and then there's the one, did you know that there's this one food that you can eat that is the secret to health? That, that, that's what they would do. You know, okay, I, well, I, I know you've lived the last, you know, half century or so eating what you eat, but, but you're not eating the right thing. That's exactly what they were doing in a theological sense. The message of the Judaizers is that, yes, you need Christ. You need to trust in Him for salvation, but then you must also, even you Gentiles, you must also submit to Jewish rituals and ceremonies and feasts. Now, what they preached was, was wrong. The error of it all was exposed and confronted and discussed and refuted and rejected at the Council of Jerusalem, which is recorded in Acts chapter 15. We've read that recently in our morning services. So Paul speaks and writes to the Galatians, and by extension, he writes to us because this is included in God's Word. He's writing as someone who grew up totally immersed, not only in Judaism, but in Judaism's strictest group, the Pharisees. And he's explaining something from a perspective that he has that's very unique, having been a leader among the Pharisees, now being an apostle to the Gentiles. His logic is plain and powerful. Now, let's come to our text in Galatians chapter 4. Uh, it kind of Pains me a little bit to skip three chapters of a book and then jump in at chapter four, but you can read that on your own. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.